Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of The Talk Show presented by Anchor. It is Monday night now. I just finished recording the podcast. All the games are finished aside from the game that keeps getting delayed, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Originally the Thursday night, Thanksgiving night football game. Now it's going to be the Wednesday afternoon football game, something we've never seen before. 2020, what you got for us next. Um, In this episode, I just came on and talked about the week in the NFL. Um, I had some ideas for a couple of podcasts I wanted to do, but those are going to take a little bit more effort. So I want to put out a podcast tonight. So that's what I got. Um, I was driving a lot yesterday on Sunday. So there's some stuff that I had to cut out because of sound quality. So the quality is not great on all of it, but I hope you enjoy anyway. It's kind of just freestyle again, open thoughts on the NFL and what happened in the sport yesterday. A lot did happen. If you hear me alluding to a couple things that I said I mentioned and I don't actually mention it, that's because some of the audio quality was too poor to include. But I hope you enjoy the episode and I think it's pretty good. So sit back and enjoy. Hello, coming to you live from my car. Um, and the New Jersey Turnpike. I said I'd be driving tonight, so that's where I am. Um, Right now, it is halftime of the Sunday night football game between the Packers and the Bears. Um, This is going to be, I guess, another unscripted podcast because I wasn't really taking notes today, wasn't really sitting in one place. I was driving around a lot, so um, I don't have a clear picture of what the podcast is going to look like. So... It's kind of going to flow a little bit more, I guess. I like to have some notes so that it does flow. But I think last week it worked out well. As long as everyone hears me okay while I'm in the car, um, I thought it flowed nicely with how the overall sound was. Um, With the podcast, um, you know, just kind of going based off of memory. And I did watch parts of a bunch of the games today. So I do have something to talk about. I do have some talking points uh, for the podcast. Um, It was a busy day in football. So let's start with this game and the Sunday night football game. And let's start with the Packers. I want to talk about the Packers first, then I'll get into the Bears. Um, And let's start with the Packers. The Packers, they do this about once every two or three weeks where they just look so unstoppable and they look unbelievable on offense that they'll just drive down and score every single time and nothing can stop them. And all the receivers look great. The running backs look good. Rodgers looks like he's in perfect rhythm with the guys. And that happens. And you see Rodgers making throws that only Rodgers makes. And when that happens, it's like, okay, this is the best team in the league. This is the best offense in the league. Who's going to beat these guys? And then what happens is you see certain scenarios where they're just not like that. And Tony Dungy was talking about during the first half on the broadcast, he was talking about consistency on the defensive end of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, if you will, for the Green Bay Packers. I kind of want to see the whole team be consistent. The whole team is an inconsistent football team. You have games where they just look like this, and then you have games where they can't, they don't look like the same football team. They don't look the same at all. They can't get anything going really. Um, You have receivers dropping passes, fumbles, and Rodgers doesn't hide his emotions with his receivers. He, I doubt, minces words with them. So it can get really hard when things aren't going well. When things are going well, he's just so good. I mean, 
when things are going well that he's getting 12 men on the field on the defense. He's getting guys to jump off sides and free plays left and right. That's what Rodgers does. That's what Rodgers has been so incredible at, so incredibly good at his whole career. It's the wits along with the talent, the arm strength, the arm talent, his running ability when he needs to, his mobility in the pocket, his mobility and his awareness in the pocket, just everything makes what makes him, I think, one of the greatest, at least talent-wise, quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life, where he just checks every single box um, that you would want in an NFL quarterback. He does it. He reads the defenses. He's smart. He can change the plays. But he's also got the arm talent. He can move. He's mobile. He has the deep balls. He has the touch passes. He can control an offense in a two-minute drill. Everything that you want out of an NFL quarterback, he does. A++. He is the best at all those things. And yet it gets to the point where sometimes their offense just gets stale and dry. And it's been like that for the last, I want to say, seven years with Rodgers, where you just have games where it's like you're not so sure what's happening. But he looks frustrated nothing's clicking and they're just out of sync and I think if this team can get consistent over the next four or five weeks then they will click and it will get to that point but judging on the way the NFL season has gone nothing is consistent nothing stayed the same two weeks in a row in this league it's been all over the place I don't know if it's COVID the shortened season not shortened but the shortened preseason or no preseason at all and just the season being kind of all over the place and maybe teams not being in their regular comfort zone, maybe the walkthroughs and the practices are different and we know there are protocols in place, although not all teams are keeping it apparently. That's for you, Denver Broncos. Um, But clearly there's no consistency with the league. You think one thing and right when you think this one thing, it changes and something else happens. So the league has been crazy this year. It's been fun as a fan. As someone who is trying to host a podcast for the first time and I don't claim to know anything. I said that I'm just a fan and I like to talk about it. So that's what I'm doing. But as someone who's trying to create opinions on what's going on and trying to convey those opinions to listeners, I don't really have any answers because it changes every week. And I'm not going to be one of those guys who sits on TV and says one thing. And then two weeks later it comes on and says something totally the opposite uh, I, if I was doing that, I'd be working for ESPN or Fox right now. I'm not. So I'm just going to tell you honestly what I think, which is I have no clue. And I'll tell you what I saw and I'll break it down for you. And I'll tell you what I think might happen based on what just happened. But I can't claim to know what's about to happen, especially in a season like this one. And it's been so crazy, but it's been really fun. So here we are ready to enjoy it. Now that was kind of my recap of the Packers as well as what's gone on in the NFL as a whole. If we want to move over to the other side, and that is the Chicago Bears. Their first drive of the game, they drove right down the field and scored a field goal, kicked a field goal. And their last drive of the first half, they drove right down the field, including great clock management by Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy at the end of the half and getting the touchdown there, a big touchdown to make the game at least somewhat close. Now they get the ball back to start the second half. That's big for them. And what I saw on those two drives is that Mitch Trubisky is a capable NFL quarterback, and he is much, far, far better, and just significantly better quarterback than Nick Foles, and that's not saying much. But it's just crazy that I think he was benched for Nick Foles, and I wonder what would have happened the last seven weeks um, 
had he been in there. I mean, they were two and five with Nick Foles. They were three and zero with Trubisky, and I know Trubisky's not great, but I've been saying they pulled out on Trubisky way too early. I, they were probably hearing it from the fans. They know they could have gotten Deshaun Watson. They could have gotten Patrick Mahomes in that draft. You gotta let that go and be like, hey. This is still our guy. There's still we still got to see what we have in this guy. It's kind of similar to the Jets situation with Sam Darnold, where they're trying to see what they have in that guy. But again, we'll get to that a little bit later um, because I obviously have a lot of opinions about that, as I'm a Jet fan. So, but those two drives by Mitch Trubisky, you're like, hey, that's pretty good. And then the two drives in between those two drives. He throws the terrible interception interception into double coverage, and he fumbles and it's returned for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, all the things we saw out of him that looked good just goes right down the drain. And now he's down 17, and you see fumble. You see interception. The stats don't look that good. Yeah, he threw a touchdown in that first half. Maybe he had some completions, put up some yards. But he had the fumble, which was re- returned for a touchdown, and he had an interception, and he's down 17. Packers have 27 points out there. How good could he have been in that first half? That's a real problem for Mitch Trubisky because I think he actually showed that if you watch this game, I'm not talking about someone who's looking at the stats or the highlights after the game, but if you watch this game, you could see that Mitch Trubisky is capable of being an NFL quarterback, in my opinion. I don't think he's the most polished or he's great, but I think he's capable of being the level of a Kirk Cousins in this league, something like that, where... He can do that, and it's frustrating to watch those types of plays happen and those types of big mistakes and big spots that just turn his whole start, his whole outing sour, that turns all the positive that you got out of him and makes it a net negative, and that's just not good. And since we're on the topic of a guy who plays well and then the turnovers really just turn him into a net negative... I am kind of fed up with Jared Goff. I said for the last two weeks, when he doesn't turn the ball over, they are a great team. They are, I think, the best team in the NFC when Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over. And he went ahead against a team that doesn't even have their own home stadium anymore. A team that is so injured, anyone can beat them. Anyone can look good against them. Anyone can compete against them. And I get it. They were the defending NFC champions. So don't take anything away from the San Francisco 49ers. But... That team is a shell of what it was in the Super Bowl last year and on their Super Bowl run. It is not the same team at all. And to say that, hey, you lost to the NFC champs, what can you do? They're in your division and you're going to lose to them once in a while. No, that's that's not okay because your quarterback, your defense, I'm sorry, did the job. The Rams defense got the pressure like I talked about. They sat back. And they defended while they got pressure on the quarterback against Nick Mullins. And you know what? Jared Goff lost that game for the Rams by turning the ball over, by putting them in bad spots, by putting the defense in bad spots. That's what cost them that game. And it's so frustrating because he doesn't have to be great for them to be a great team. A lot of teams go as far as their quarterback goes in the league. Most teams go as far as their quarterback goes. Some teams are so good, the defense is so good, the special teams is so good, the coaching is so good, the system is so good, the receivers, the running backs are all so good that you can plug in a guy who's a system guy 
All he has to do, he'll make two, three big throws a game, have a solid stat line where he's, let's say, 18 for 27 with 200 yards and a touchdown and not turn the ball over and they win. But what did he go ahead and do? He turned the ball over. So I'm mostly upset because, well, that was my guy. That was my team. That was the team I've been talking about. I've been talking about Aaron Donald for MVP. And Aaron Donald should still be getting talked about for the MVP. But come on, man. Like, you're put in a perfect spot. You're, it's, it's been enough. How many years is he in the league already doing this where he's throwing away games? It's just the inconsistency of it where he played so well last week and he still had the tur- did the two turnovers where he just made a couple of boneheaded mistakes and cost his team games and really just costing himself big wins and recognition for being what he is, which is a really solid quarterback and a really good quarterback at times. And it's just a shame that that team is missing out on all that because of the turnover problem that he's having in some of his games. I mentioned Aaron Donald MVP. I'm going to switch over to my other MVP favorite. And now after this week, I think we could safely say he is the only favorite. Not that Donald did anything wrong. That's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in the first half basically was pedal to the metal. I will shove this ball down your throat, shove it down your throat. I will crush you guys. And then I'll just take my foot off the gas sit back in the second half, kind of just relax. Oh, and I need to close out the game. I need one or two first downs to win it because you guys came back and made it a three-point game. Okay, I'll get those two first downs just as easily. At no point ever does it feel like, oh my God, this game's getting close. What's Patrick Mahomes? If you ever need a first down or a touchdown or a field goal, whatever you need out of Patrick Mahomes, it feels like he's going to go out there and get it for you. So what they needed in this game was a 17-point lead and then a couple first downs late. So that's what he did. I mean, it is so crazy. I Again, I say this every week. I've never seen him have a bad game. I still never have seen him have a bad game. And as far as Tom Brady and the Bucks, because people are so nervous about them, the playoff picture is basically set in the NFC because there's seven teams this year. So we're going to have the four division winners. Um, and then we're going to have the two teams from the NFC West, most likely, which are the Rams and the Cardinals as of now, assuming the Seahawks are the division winner in that division. And then there's still room for one more team, and that team will be the Bucks. There's no one else that's really threatening that playoff spot even if Chicago comes back and wins this game against the Packers, which I don't think they will, and I don't think anyone does think they will. Um, But I don't want to make too many predictions because, I don't know, my predictions from this morning about my two games that I said, well, these are games that I feel I can safely bet on in our locks. I was so terribly wrong about those. And um, if you haven't heard about those, I'm sure you'll hear about those at some point during this podcast. Um, So... Back to the Bucks. The playoff spot is going to be secure. And Tony Romo was talking about this on the Bill Simmons podcast. How just let Tom Brady get into the playoffs and Bruce Arians and they'll figure it out. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Bruce Arians is a good enough coach. They'll figure it out. They'll win a playoff game or two. Most likely. 
Um, the problem with that team right now is, well, on offense, the only thing I can say, I think, is cohesiveness. Because when I watch them, Tom Brady has the arm talent. He has the ability is still there. I mean, he's looked uncomfortable at times in the pocket. Just, I don't know, based on pressure. But I think that was mostly against the Rams last week where, again, they were pressuring him with three or four guys and disguising their looks. But like Tony Romo said, and I don't know if you heard this, I posted on my Twitter account. I said, you guys should definitely go listen to this podcast. It was great stuff from Tony Romo and from uh, Bill Simmons. And what Tony Romo said is when you're in a new system, you have to make adjustments to certain looks that the defense is giving you. And if you can't make the adjustments because you're not familiar enough with your system or how your system reacts to certain defenses and being in a place for the first time after being in a different place like New England for as long as he was there and all the stuff that comes with that and the no preseason and all the stuff that comes with that. What happens is you can't switch your offense pre-play to so many different things. You can't combat what they're trying to do on defense so well. And then when pressure comes, you didn't switch to the right play. And what ends up happening is you look bad under pressure. Tom Brady, while pressuring him, has always been kind of the key to beating him. It's the key to beating any quarterback, really, is if you can pressure him and sit guys back and play D simultaneously, you can beat any quarterback. It has nothing to do with Tom Brady. But if you can disguise your looks and you're, you know, this, again, it's a guy that you're not seeing or anything like that. This is the team that you don't see a lot. So like the Super Bowls with the Giants, he doesn't see the Giants a lot. So those looks they were able to disguise or anything like that where Brady's now not sure what to audible to because he's not so familiar with this system. Maybe that's the issue there. So he's not reacting so well to the pressure or whatever it is. And there's a lack of cohesiveness on offense because you brought in a lot of pieces. You brought in Gronk. You brought in Antonio Brown. You obviously have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans out there. The talent is there. Everyone can agree with that. And Tom Brady, talent-wise, he doesn't look slow. His arm talent, his arm strength looks good. His reads look good. There's just... There's not. I talked about it earlier with the Packers, and sometimes they look like they're clicking, and sometimes they look completely out of sync. Right now, at times, the Bucks' offense just looks out of sync, and this is funny because it goes drive to drive. And the reason it goes drive to drive is perfectly in line with what I just said about Brady being able to switch an audible. As the game progresses, they showed you all these different looks on defense, and Brady is so good and so smart. Throughout the game, he'll sit back and watch on the iPad or the Microsoft Surface Pro or whatever he's looking at. He'll say, oh, here's what we did. Here's what they switched to. When we did this, they did that. When they did this, we did that. Now he can go back out. And as the game went on, as the game progressed, obviously the Bucks' offense did ultimately look better. So that just shows you how good Tom Brady is. And he was able to make the proper adjustments. But again, this is an offense that doesn't look bad. There's no lack of talent on this team. This is an offense that looks out of sync and needs to kind of clean it up. And I think given the, given the opportunity to clean it up, meaning given enough games, so there's five remaining regular season games and uh, you know a playoff game or two, I think they will ultimately look really good. There's, they're running out of time. 
it might not be till next year that we see the real full potential of what this team could look like. But Tom Brady, while it does slow down at some point for a guy who's 43 years old, I don't think it's gotten to that point yet. I still am not willing to give up on Tom Brady. People are jumping off, and I'm the last guy hanging on because I know the second I give up on him, that's when he'll come roaring back. So if I'm the last guy to give up on him, uh, so be it. I'm okay with that. This guy's the greatest of all time. I, I, yeah, he'll, he'll be back. That's, that's all I got to say as far as that. Let's move over to the Patriots who beat the Ravens and then lost last week to the terrible Houston Texans, although the Texans now won two in a row. I said the Texans can rattle off some wins. I said that could happen because they have Deshaun Watson. Do I think that team is good? No. Do they have a great quarterback? Yes, and that's why they can rattle off wins, especially against bad teams, which I think the Patriots are, and then they come out and they beat the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, come on, how? I know the Cardinals could have kicked a field goal to go up by three. The Patriots still kicked the field goal to take the lead at the end of regulation. They won it at the end of regulation, so they at least would have gone into overtime. I don't understand not how they won. I don't understand how that game was even close. Unless Kyler is really hurt, which is likely, I guess. He hurt his shoulder last week. It's possible he's really hurt. He's a little guy. So if Kyler's hurt, that kind of makes sense. If he's not hurt, I really don't understand because he lost a team that doesn't really have a quarterback. They have a shell. They have a guy who mentally can play quarterback. A guy who can run and read the field like a quarterback. But Cam Newton, his right shoulder is gone. His arm is done. He can't throw the ball downfield. They barely threw the ball with him because he can't throw the ball. And they're doing all these little gimmicky things on offense. And the Cardinals lost to them. I mean, I get it. Belichick's a great coach. It's in Foxborough. But if you're going to be a great team, if you're going to be the team that won on that crazy Hail Mary and beat Seattle earlier this year, if you're going to be that Arizona Cardinals, you've got to beat this Patriots team. I'm going to tell you why it's so concerning that the Cardinals lost that game and more right after this from Anchor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so I got cut off talking about the Patriots while I was driving, so I'm just going to finish up my thought on that. My thought was that Cam Newton does not have the arm strength anymore to get the ball downfield. His shoulder is shot, and that's a big problem that the Cardinals couldn't beat them. Yeah, the Cardinals came close, but that should have been a blowout. The Cardinals should have blown out the Patriots in that game. And what's more concerning is, I guess, the Ravens. The Ravens should have won against the Patriots as well. The Ravens lost to Tennessee. So maybe that's what gave Tennessee the momentum they needed to come back and absolutely dominate the Colts after looking just dumb against them. Are the Colts legit? (laughs) Can the Colts make a legit run? I mean, the Colts beat the Packers. 
The Colts beat the Titans once already. Right now, of all those in-the-middle teams in the AFC, the team with the best record is the Cleveland Browns. And they look terrible. And they should have lost to Jacksonville. And they've looked bad every week and continue to win somehow, some way. I mean, Buffalo didn't look that good. I've been talking about Buffalo a lot. I like Buffalo. Buffalo didn't really look that good. Another crazy ending for the Chargers. And without that crazy ending, Buffalo doesn't win. But like I said, I think the NFC's playoff teams are pretty much set. It just depends on seeding. In the AFC, I don't know what the story is. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe the Ravens are bad. Maybe the Browns are going to... It looks like they're going to make the playoffs. I, I'm, you can't bet against them right now, especially if they add an eighth team, which we don't know what's going to happen because as it stands now... The Pittsburgh game is supposed to be on Wednesday night. I mean, the whole schedule is completely out of whack. So who knows what's going to happen with the playoffs? And I salute the NFL for plowing on and just trying to make this work. And I salute the Denver Broncos. I thought Dan Orlovsky, I tweeted this out today, also made a great point that if you're a backup quarterback for the Denver Broncos and you made that mistake of getting exposed, that is a big mistake. You should not have done that. You should have been more careful. You missed out on a big opportunity in life. That is something that comes once in a lifetime to some guys, the opportunity for Blake Bortles. It's an opportunity at a second chance. And he wasn't ready because he wore a mask and he didn't follow protocol. That is a big mistake in life and especially in the NFL, especially a chance as rare as being able to play quarterback in the National Football League. Um, so bad job by them. And if anyone ever had the thought of, Hey, I could complete, you know, if everyone goes on Twitter and goes, I could have completed that pass. Well, if you watch the Broncos game, like we all did, none of us can even come close to competing, completing a pass. So here's a guy who played football in college, football in high school, quarterback in both of those places. And then he's on the practice squad with an NFL team, gets to see NFL players every day. Yeah. He's a wide receiver. He looked like a little child out there compared to the rest of the playoffs. It, the rest of the players, it is so hard to play quarterback in the National Football League. We knew it was hard. This further proved just how freaking hard it is. It's absolutely crazy, but um, that's that. Um, other stories, like I said, just continuing with that theme of the those kind of middle teams in the AFC. The Raiders, they looked so good last week, and remember they were six and four last year and looking pretty good, and then fell apart they lost to the jets last year this year they lost to the falcons with no julio jones and not it, it's not about that they lost it's just how they looked in that loss i mean the raiders looked so bad in that game it was so pathetic so ridiculous i i don't know what to say i'm again I've said this all year long. I'm so confused by this NFL season just because it keeps changing and these teams are just so inconsistent week to week. That's how I feel about it. Um, Seattle hasn't looked so so good so far in their game. Uh, they've looked actually pretty bad in their game, which I'm also surprised about. We knew the Eagles are bad. Um, and if Seattle's defense winds up looking good in this game, it's not because Seattle's defense is good. It's because the Eagles are that bad, and Carson Wentz is really bad. Maybe he just needs a year to sit out and just kind of, I don't know, maybe just sit him the rest of the season. Anyway, what I plan on doing, I want to talk about what I'm going to do for the next few episodes of this podcast. I have some stuff planned. I know this podcast was a little bit of a shorter episode because I was driving, and then 
I got cut off with what I was talking about in the car, and um, I had a couple other things I wanted to put in here, but I don't know. It kind of just felt too out of place, so I'm going to leave it here. Maybe I'll get back on after the Seattle game and talk about that a little bit, but basically what I want to do for the next few episodes is... I want to do an NBA episode where I talk about my relationship with the NBA and how that happened. And you'll get a little bit of insight on who I am as a sports fan and why I like doing this and where I come from. Um, And you'll also get a little bit of insight on my opinions on the NBA. I might throw a little NBA season preview in there, so that'll be fun. And I'm working on writing something about being a Jets fan. That might be a bonus episode where I kind of just talk about that because there's a lot to talk about and that's why I didn't mention the Jets in this episode I really didn't want to mention them because um I want to do a whole separate thing about the Jets and if you're a Jets fan you're gonna want to listen to that if you're not a Jets fan you're gonna want to listen to that also because you're gonna want to hear what it's like to be a Jets fan um and I think it's gonna be pretty entertaining so that's gonna be that um as far as everything else so those are the next two episodes it seems like there's always something happening. I could talk about the NFL for hours and days. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking out loud what I should be doing. Uh, if I missed any stories, I apologize. But I don't want to ramble too much. I kind of want to keep it clean and keep it not too long also. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm also going to try and get this podcast out tonight, Monday night. So hopefully by Tuesday morning, people can hear this. Um And yeah, that's basically what I got. So I'm going to come on for a minute after the Seattle Seahawks game. Um, And otherwise, see you next podcast, next episode. Look for it soon. Uh, Maybe even before Wednesday night football. (laughs) Feels weird saying that. Okay, getting ready to wrap up this podcast. It's Sunday night. I'm watching the end of the Seahawks game. And DK Metcalf just dropped a touchdown after... A touchdown got called back on the Seahawks for a holding penalty. There's about 12 minutes left in this football game. And it's an eight-point game. And I think that's an indictment on the Seahawks. Metcalf could have gotten called for pushing off on that play also now that they're showing the replay. Um, This podcast has been all over the place. I know that. (laughs) Literally all over the place. I've been all over driving now sitting on my couch watching the end of this game 11:55 to go Russell Wilson in the shotgun takes a snap drops back throws a screen left to hide he's going to run and get tackled at the 15 so i guess they'll go up by 11 with 11 minutes and 40 seconds left probably will be closer to 11 minutes by the time they kick the field goal so the interesting thing for me in this game at least is that this doesn't say much about the Seahawks we know how bad the Seahawks defense is and that's a real indictment on Carson Wentz he can't play well against this terrible Seahawks defense um but I just said it doesn't say that much about the Seahawks I meant to say it doesn't say that much about the Eagles and it says way more about the Seahawks the fact that against this terrible Philly team the Seahawks don't look great and they don't look great on offense and it looks like Russell Wilson is really looking for DK Metcalf almost on almost every throw which is interesting he's got other good receivers um they do hit the field goal they go up 20 to 9 
but what's crazy, it's just crazy to me that the Seahawks, I thought this was going to be the game where they come out and they just steamroll them on offense. And even if they don't look so good on defense, maybe it would be a get-right game for Jamal Adams and for that defensive line. Um, just a little bit to kind of prove, hey, we're out here. And I really hope that the Seattle offense would really click because I thought this is where this team can kind of turn around and show we are maybe the team to beat in the NFC because I don't think we just have seen that team yet. Although the Packers definitely made a case for themselves last night um, that they might be that team. But Seattle looks flat. They just don't look so good on offense. And I'm kind of shocked by that. So it's a real indictment on them. Um, that's what I got. Maybe I'll come on for a minute after the game just to wrap all this up. It's going to be a little bit of a crazy podcast, but I hope you enjoyed. And I got a lot of good stuff planned. So, yep. Have a good night. Peace.
Take it with you when you go. Who says you can't?